Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Uh, before yesterday, the four states that could have some form of sports book would have been obviously Oregon, Montana, Delaware, and obviously Nevada. Well, Dustin Gawker, Philly born and bred, by the way, is out in Oregon right now and uh, is with LegalSportsReport.com. Dustin, thanks a lot for giving us some time. We appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for having me on. Okay, I want to start with this. The leagues obviously want to make a profit out of this. That's why they would eventually go go along with it. My question to you is, What's their leverage? What what opens the door for them to get a cut of this? What would their leverage be? Uh, you know, in states that have franchises, they obviously have uh, some lobbying power already. So they, you know, I don't know if that's leverage necessarily, but it gives them a relationship with with the state and lawmakers already. So, but as far as yeah, giving them a direct cut of wagers or revenue, I don't know if there's like there's something that they're giving in return. They're basically arguing, hey, these are our games. You're you're using them to bet on them, so you should give us some money. So uh, leave that up to your listeners to how 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 great of an argument that is. But that's the argument that they're using yet it's already being allowed to be used in nevada for example it's being allowed to be used overseas and they're not getting a cut of that correct Right, that's the way it's uh, it's been so far. I mean, the, the, the whole point is they'd like to change that, and uh, they'd like to do that through through new laws that say, hey, if you're running sports betting operations, you have to pay us. So they've tried to do this with fantasy sports, actually, a couple cases dating back a decade where they they wanted to be paid for that data by by anybody who runs a fantasy sports platform, and they have lost in court on that case. So, um, but yeah, that's they that's their argument. They want uh, they're they're their games. They spend money on them, and they say the state should pay them, or actually the casinos that. Run the sports books should pay them and uh, I, I don't find that to be a very likely scenario but that's what they're arguing Oregon's always has been one of the four states that was grandfathered in the 1992 law how have they handled it over the years what version have they had and what might we see now in the state you live in so what happened was they, we used to have a lottery game called Sports Action. It was basically a, a parlay game based on NFL games where you'd pick three winners, and if you won, you got to pay out. So um, they actually struck a deal with the NCAA about a decade ago to discontinue that so that because the NCAA really hates gambling of any type. So they said, if you, as long as you have this, we, we're not going to have tournament games. So in return, they said, um, we'll stop this game. We'll, uh, we'll start having uh, tournament games in Portland. So that's where we are now. I've talked to the lottery here. Um, they're interested in getting into single-game wagering after yesterday's decision. So uh, I think we'll see that eventually here and, and indeed in a lot of states uh, as we move forward. Yeah, no surprise it was going to happen in a lot of states. Now, how explain to everybody, uh, I've talked about New Jersey taking a 17.5% cut under their bill. Pennsylvania is 36%. Because the states would be running it, this is this is their ball game as to how they want to regulate it, correct? 
Yeah, right now it's uh, the Supreme Court decision basically lets it up with states. Uh, it, it struck down the federal ban, and states can now do with it what they want. Uh, and we're seeing a wide variety of approaches. Like you said, Pennsylvania has an effective tax rate that's that's really high, pretty much higher than than any jurisdiction with legal sports betting in the country. Uh, it'll make it pretty hard for sports books to operate uh, in the black. So uh, I'd, I'd imagine that, that eventually we'll see Pennsylvania revisit that. But, yeah, we're seeing in a lot of states. West Virginia recently passed the law. Uh, we're seeing Mississippi uh, pass the law last year. That's going to take effect probably in, in the summer sometime. So, yeah, right now, lots of varying approaches, lots of tax rates, and uh, some, a lot of questions about how things are going to roll out moving forward. How close do you think certain states will watch the next six months? In other words, how does Pennsylvania operate? What's going on with New Jersey? So that they can get a gauge as to what they want to do with with this law. Oh yeah, I mean we like I said we have lots of different laws on the bill on the on the bill already. So we're going to other states that haven't acted this year and are looking to act when the legislatures come back in 2019 after the election. They're definitely going to look at that. They'll look at Nevada, and they'll look at, at Europe. They'll, there's going to be a lot of different models that they can pull from and try to, to get to the right answer. And you also have the leagues trying to be involved. They've, they've written language that they'd like to see in bills. So I think you're going to see an amalgamation of kind of every all of the uh, everything we've seen work in different markets, or at least I hope so. I hope, I hope states uh, come up with good policy that comes uh, that you know protects integrity, uh, make, protects consumers, and is just a good product that uh, people want to use and, and compete with the offshore uh, sports books that exist now. All right, well, let's let's go on that path for a moment. Um, in your opinion, just based on your experience, your expertise, what are some of the rules and regulations that you think it would be wise for states to have so that they are giving the consumer the best product but also protecting the integrity? Yeah, I mean, the biggest one is what I just alluded to is, is the black market. You know, it's really easy for you and I right now to go bet on a number of black shore, black market offshore sports books that operate in, you know, Caribbean nations or Costa Rica or what have you. So you, to to really compete, to let the legal books compete, you need to do things that let them compete because they're not paying taxes. They're not under any kind of real regulation. So you need to create a barrier to entry that l- allows those these legal books that are going to pop up in the U.S. to compete with them. So that, that includes not giving that integrity fee that we talked to the league about to the leagues uh, right off the top. That's a, that's a lot of money that's not going to be spent uh, by the books then. And then keep the tax rates low. The Pennsylvania rate, like I said, really high. It's not at the tax rate that, that offshore books aren't paying. Um, and you want to keep those those tax rates low. I think if you want books to compete with the with the offshore books. What do you think? Was uh, this is probably this is a, just a guess? But what what? How much money can it mean for a state? I mean, it's uh, in your opinion. I mean, it, it depends on the size of the state and so forth. But approximately, how much of a windfall can this be for for states where essentially it's some money falling out of the sky? Yeah, it depends on a lot of variables. Like you said, I mean, bigger states, obviously, bigger populations, more potential uh, betters, and more potential tax revenue. Um, you know, and, and then that tax rate plays into it too. If it's taxed too high, then you're not gonna you're not gonna convert people over to to the legal sports book. So, um, you know, I'm think we're I mean we're talking tens of millions of dollars in tax revenue uh, in a mature market for for big states. You know, possibly more than that in Pennsylvania in a mature market where they where they lower the tax rate a little bit. But yeah, I mean it's in some states it it means definitely enough to move the needle. Uh, you know, Pennsylvania just passed this big gaming expansion and, and sports betting is part of that. I think I think they're they're anticipating seeing some real revenue uh, once they actually get it up and running. What about California? What do you know about that? 
Uh, yeah, obviously it would be a huge state if uh, sports betting would happen there. Unfortunately, uh, they have a, a, a lot of different stakeholders there. It's, it's a complicated situation for any kind of gaming. They have tribal casinos who are very powerful and are, are not quite ready to do sports betting yet. They have card rooms uh, where there's just huge poker and uh, poker games and table games and such like that. And then they have racetracks. And uh, all, three, all three of these uh, kind of entities have been battling for a while now over other gaming issues. And until they kind of come to a piece on anything, it's going to be hard to get sports betting through. So I don't think we're going to see that. Certainly not this year. Um, you know, maybe in a couple years when they when they get everything settled there, it's possible. But right now, I don't think there's a whole lot of hope for a state like California. Because if there's any state that could use a jolt financially, right, it would be California. Yeah, I mean, there's other states like that too. I mean, oh, uh, there's lots Conne- of states. Oh, in Connecticut's the in bad shape, believe me. Oh yeah, Connecticut's one of them. There and there, uh, I heard governor say they're considering a special session to look at sports betting they've already been thinking about it so yeah any state that's looking for you know wants to generate some revenue without creating you know new taxes on existing businesses and consumers and and taxpayers it's at least it may not be all of it but it's you know it's a piece of a puzzle that uh, that states could use uh what about florida Florida's another one. You know, any place where there's tribes, it's a little complicated. They've, the Seminole tribe basically runs the casinos in that state. They, there's tracks. There's uh, this is it's a complicated uh, issue for them to. Uh, I mean, I'd say the Seminoles who are are going to be opening the Hard Rock in Atlantic City. Um, I think they want they're going to be in sports betting in New Jersey, but in, in Florida where they have more control over how gaming goes down, they're not quite ready to kind of open it up, and it's a, it's a thorny discussion. But you know, I think these states that we're talking about. Eventually, they're going to get there. It's just a matter of, of how long. We've known about the New Jersey situation for a while, and they've lost at every level. And New Jersey spent millions of dollars to get to this right. point. But I think most people had in their gut that the U.S. Supreme Court, especially over a states' rights issue, was going to go their way. Are you surprised more states weren't more prepared for this? I think a lot of states were tentative to act when they didn't have that legal certainty. I mean, I cover this every day. I kind of knew a lot of people thought this was going to be the decision that we'd see. And indeed, a lot of, you know, gaming companies were the same way. I listened to earnings calls where they're like, oh, yes, it's going to get struck down. We're getting ready for it. Um, lawmakers are a little more tentative to act before they have, like, that legal certainty, I think. So, we, yeah, we've only seen a few states, Pennsylvania being one of them, uh, West Virginia we talked about, and uh, Mississippi. But these are states that were, yeah, they were kind of ahead of the curve. I think now that we're seeing, now that this decision's come down, we're going to start seeing more legislative activity. The only problem is a lot of legislatures have already wrapped up for the year, so some of that might get punted till till next year. All right. Now, Nevada obviously has it. So what are the pluses to the Nevada laws, and what is maybe a minus or two of a Nevada law that people should should look at in other states? Well, they have a low effective tax rate. I think it's six and a three-quarters percent is all gaming is taxed at. So it's, uh, it's, it's easy for you to open a sports book and make a profit at that tax rate if you're only pet taxing it at less than 7% of revenue. So that's where I'd start. Um, you know, I've been, to, I've been to Vegas several times, and uh, the mobile wagering opponent is good, and they've, they've rolled that out over, over years, but they have an in-person sign-up requirement uh, in Nevada law, so you have to actually go to the physical sports book to sign up and get an app and put money on your on your account and things like that. It's kind of difficult. I mean, there are sports books everywhere, but it's still a, a kind of a pain in the butt to go and and use your mobile app. So I'd like to see states as they move 
move forward, kind of ease those restrictions, make it easier to sign up from home, and uh, you're, you're not going to you're not going to see the full value of a sports betting market if you are kind of limiting people to going to casinos and tracks and having to like load their their money via a physical location. So I think that's what uh, needs to change from Nevada. We've heard a lot along the way about kiosks possibly being in stadiums and arenas where you can make maybe you can go at halftime and. For example, uh, you and I are standing there, and you put $10 down, and I put $10 down on whether Le'Veon Bell's going to gain 50 yards in the second half. Is that something we could eventually see, and how can that be regulated? Sure, that's a tough one. Um, I don't know that the, le- the leagues have gotten come a long way on sports gambling. I mean, we see the, the NBA and Major League Baseball lobbying for regulation of sports betting for it to be legal. But I don't know if they're quite ready to have kiosks in arenas, like that's a that's a that's a big leap. I think um, NBA maybe. I don't think you're going to see it at baseball parks anytime soon. But you know, you go to the UK, uh, any soccer pitch, uh, they have kiosks all around the stadium. So you know, UK has been doing this a lot longer. I think I think we'll eventually see that in the United States. And for now, though, you'll have you know, like we said, mobile wagering. I think a lot of most states are looking at mobile wagering and are uh, going to be legal in Pennsylvania to 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 bet on your phone. So I think we're going to see that, and that's you know that's uh, that's pretty much the same. You can bet on your phone um, from the comfort of the stadium. You can already do that uh, with the Vegas Golden Knights when you uh, if you go to see them uh, in the NHL in uh, Las Vegas. Which brings me back to my original question. Uh, is that potentially the leverage maybe the leagues have to maybe get the integrity fee, is that they would allow that within the confines of their stadium or arena? It's possible. I mean, uh, they they haven't act, said too much of what they want to give up in terms of this in exchange for this integrity fee. And my suspicion is they don't want to give up anything. They just kind of want to get it. <laughs> so, <That's right. laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, if they if they said if they start doing things that say, hey, we're going to benefit the state if we, if uh, if you give us this, then then I think we kind of change that dynamic. Those are also things that can kind of happen commercially outside of state laws. I think with as they work out partnerships with sportsbooks or casinos, and, and we're going to see that too um whether we get to those kiosks i don't know but um i think they want to they want to encourage the nba wants to encourage mobile betting because that's that's what's going to increase the the market for their product is is more more engagement more interest in 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 games and that comes from you know betting betting mobily and betting on games in fact you've mentioned england uh dustin at one point they seem if i've read enough articles the last 24 hours where they'll tell you that yeah, the people that put five pounds to twenty-five pounds down—that's really where suddenly the market explodes. Is that? Would you be? Uh, would you expect that's going to be one of the keys in this country here? Yeah, it's going to be converting the casual market. I think to some extent, you need to. Uh, I mean, there's people who aren't willing to to bet on those those offshore sports books, and they would be willing if they had a legal option that's that's easy to access. Uh, so, yeah, if you get those, you know, the occasional people who just who just kind of want to bet for fun once in a while. Um, yeah, I think that's a that's a big part of the market. You don't you don't need people, to, you don't need the sharks who are uh, betting tens of thousands of dollars on games uh, to necessarily make a profit. You need a lot of a lot of casual betters, and and then they'll make their they'll make their five to ten percent. That's generally what sports books hold is, is that amount. So, and if they do that and have enough uh, enough people betting, then they'll, then it'll be a successful industry here in the U.S. Dustin, when I asked you about what Oregon is doing. You mentioned the NCAA right away in there. How do you think, not just the NCAA, but conferences themselves, do you sense they're going to sit this out? How do you, what, what's your sense about what the colleges might do? 
Yeah, I mean, it can't sit that. I don't really think. Uh, I mean, here's the thing: colleges and conferences are, I think, kind of already at peace with it. I mean, we have um, major conference basketball tournaments and, and, a, and a bowl game every year that take place in Las Vegas. That's not a problem. The NCA though is has basically banned um, championship events from any place with legal sports betting. They they've never had a, any kind of NCA event in Las Vegas or Nevada. They've have a de facto ban on New Jersey uh, during this case where they've basically they've pulled any any kind of game, any kind of championship level game of any sport out of the, out of there. So what they're going to have to do is revisit that policy because if you know Pennsylvania legalizes and New York legalizes sports betting, what they're not going to have games in New York City and Philadelphia. <laughs> I mean that's that's nonsense. So they're going to have to revisit what they're doing and how they're approaching this and uh, they're going to it's uh i mean i think they like they, they like the other leagues in this supreme court case kind of thought they were going to win all along and then it's kind of been a, a rush to figure out what they're going to do so uh, they're going to have to change what they're thinking well they did win at every level until yesterday so they, they <laughs> yeah. literally had one at every level can, can you envision a conference for example getting an, an integrity fee like a pro sports league or do you think that 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 now skirts a line that's that's tough especially when there's so much debate about whether to pay college athletes or not yeah it's a tough debate for them for sure i mean they said they just don't like sports betting all along so it's a pretty big about face uh for them to say oh yeah we're going to start taking money from this right i think that's a that's a tough hill for them to climb given their given their historical opposition to sports betting legal or illegal so i don't know i mean they, they before all this came down yesterday they were in west virginia the schools in west virginia were actually meeting and talking about taking a cut of wagers and i don't know if that actually had the the blessing of the ncaa or not but like i said I think the NCAA is going to have to come up with an overarching policy with sports betting. Are they okay with it? How are they going to deal with it? And uh, what they're going to do as far as, yeah, whether partnering with the leagues and, and casinos and states and, and trying to protect the integrity of the games because they are more more vulnerable than, than the pro sports for sure. Yeah, I mean, the only professional entity, besides a couple minor league baseball teams, obviously, in West Virginia is, is the Greenbrier Classic and the PGA. Right. But supposedly their bill sends money to Marshall in West Virginia. I would assume it would be under the guise of what their state appropriation happens to be. Yeah, if they do it in West Virginia, my sense is that it's going to be some kind of transfer of money to the general operating fund. It's not going to right. be a direct cut of wagers. I find I found that I found the whole thing to be a little little weird. I don't think. Yes. But you know, down the road, can the NCA pivot and say, "Hey, we we want this money. We want it to be tied to integrity only." Um, could they do that? They could make that pivot, but we we don't. We just haven't heard enough from them on what they're going to do yet. This is a fascinating conversation, Dustin. Thanks so much for your expertise and, and really the, the great uh, great ideas you gave everybody. Appreciate it very much. No problem. Thanks again for having me on. Hey, Dustin Gawker, LegalSportsReport.com. Again, I that's why I asked the original question. The original question is, where's the leverage the leagues have? Uh, and to me, you know, they're going to lobby Congress hard, and they might be able to, on a national level, get it. But like state by state, you're going to go. What? We're going to put you on the book. What can you do about it? What are you going to do? Move the move the Eagles? <laughs> Sorry, the Eagles are moving to a state that will give us an integrity fee. Don't think so. We'll come back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors. 
There's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. You're listening to News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury. You can hear us anywhere in the world with the Sunbury Broadcasting Corporation app. 